Live from smoky Northern California. <laughs> <coughs> it's Tuesday, October the 10th. Hello. 2017. Yes. This is Giant Bombcast. Hi. Hello. Hi. Hi. It smells like smoke in the Bombcast studio. It sure does. Yeah. I, uh, I came in to this office specifically to get away from the smoke. Yeah. So yeah. I'm pretty fucking bummed out. Yeah. <laughs> is it, it's got to be worse over where you're at, though. Yeah. Up, up north, uh, I'm in the middle of the fire zone. Um, kind of it's it's there's a, a new fire as of yesterday. This is slightly east of me. Hello. Uh, and uh, there's a. Yeah, up, up north is yeah. It, it's been it's been devastating for it's, people who haven't heard. Disaster zone. Yeah, it is state of emergency. Yeah, over a hundred thousand acres. Yeah, uh, over fifteen hundred structures. Not your average forest fire. No, Ooh. not no. I mean, I'm sure it started as a seasonal. You know, yeah, fires fires are natural to a limited degree. Every, yeah, every it, year it's but, very dry, but it, is, but it has gotten away from itself. Definitely, uh, like yeah. people people losing houses left and right. Absolutely, stuff like Whole that. neighborhoods going up. Yeah, and like, God, yeah. some of the some of the shots on the news last night were just like yes, like a nuclear. Bomb it was exactly the thing. Yeah, I think was it in our production meeting yesterday? You were talking about how like one side of the street will be utterly burned out, and the yeah. other side is like totally normal. Like they were like panning across blocks right. where like one side of the street was just gone well you've got like the the fire that is spreading naturally as a fire does and then that's there also you had a high wind situation so yeah. you would have embers coming off of that fire and then just randomly dropping into a neighborhood and then that whole block is gone yeah. and then that fire oftentimes doesn't jump the street to get houses on the other side of the street so you just have this like contained somewhat well yeah. you know contained in a manner <clears> speaking <throat> uh like just one block one block just gone uh, and and that's that's happening in Santa Rosa, um, which is about ten fifteen uh, miles north of where I live, uh, and and so that that kind of crept around. Uh, there's another fire in Napa, which is kind of north east northeast of where I'm at. And they were um, just hit with like an earthquake not too terribly long ago. Uh, there was another. There was an earthquake yeah. like this morning. Right? Yeah. Was there another like one? A minor today? one. Yeah. There was, one there was a four point one in Kenwood. And- like four point yeah, one, close, one in San Jose, San Jose yesterday, yesterday, and then today there was a <laughs> awesome. little one. Not a good time in NorCal. No, no, no. Um, so yeah, it's uh, I, I spent a lot of the day yesterday just kind of like staring at the news and being very frustrated by their reporting uh, <laughs> and uh, and kind of trying to like this sense of like hopeless, like helplessness. are they taking it like super serious or were they like oh it's, by the way I mean I, well it's it's. It's California's burning. My my impression of it down here is that it was kind of like vague disaster porn. Yeah, as opposed to yeah, uh, I would imagine yeah. somebody in your position that wants to know like I want street by street information. <laughs> yeah. about yeah. you want to know the like, fuck is happening. Like, all right, am I in the zone where yeah. I need to go? Is my uh, house going to burn? And and it was very much and obviously you know they, they it felt like they were covering it for people who didn't live yeah, there. That's exactly uh, how it was it, for me. It, yeah, it had a real vibe of like, and the streets are literally yeah. on fire. You know, yeah. just like like very. Like big picturey, like this Trader Joe's is gone, and like obviously that stuff's terrible. I don't want to like, well, you know, I don't, I don't want to like, like undercut that, obviously. Right. But, but there's a certain element of like, I need to know, like I'm, I've got a bag packed, like I've got a bag here with me, you know, like because I didn't have time to unpack the, I didn't think it was prudent to <laughs> unpack the bag yet, yeah, um, because it, there's still, you know, the, these fires are not contained. Yeah, um, like the scary one of the scariest parts about it is 
something like a hundred thousand people had no power, right? Like my parents included, and so they didn't know. How did they get their news? Right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. They were just sitting in the car, listening to the car radio, Jesus. like waiting for updates of if they had to evacuate or not. Yeah, I and following up. like Twitter accounts, but right. who knows how reliable that information yeah, exactly. is? Exactly. Like I got to a point last night where I'm just like Google, like Twitter searching the word Petaluma <laughs> to see what the fuck it says, and it's just people going like, "What's going on there?" And like that's not helpful. That sort of stuff. Uh, while trying to figure out, like, am I safe? Do I need to get out of here? Uh, is just maddening. Like, it, it's just been been crazy. And you know, everyone's well-meaning. You know, there's tons of shelters opened up and and all sorts of stuff. Like, like you know, people losing their homes, losing everything. You know, yeah. Uh, I mean, that the like pr- the photo I've seen circulating most is that like coffee park photo where yeah. there's basically a before and after of a neighborhood, <laughs> and it just looks like a bomb went off. Yeah. It's, it's decimated. And two of my best friends from high school lived in that neighborhood they're just whole neighborhood completely wiped and like i i lost my house in a fire a few months ago and that was like that small little thing affected so many like not only our lives but the lives of our family who are worried and tried to send help and just like it became such a larger thing i can't imagine like all of the fucking like suffering that's (laughs) that's happening because of this it's it's completely a shame, um, and you know if you're if you're around, if you're in the area, if there's anything you can do to send help, you know, look up. There's yeah, like there's, sending water. There's there's lots of services. I think out a, lot, there. a lot of the shelters and stuff that are open, like some, a lot of them have filled up, but there are new ones kind of opening still. And the the word I've been seeing uh, is that a lot of them are well stocked with supplies. So there were people that were like, okay, I'm, I'm going to go get 10 things of kitty litter and drive it over here. Cause yeah. you're allowing pets or I'm, I'm bringing water here or cots or raised beds. Or, yeah. um, it sounds like that it has shifted into, okay, we've got most immediate needs met, but we're at a point now where like they money is, is be I saw, yeah. I saw a lot of people saying the same stuff about the Puerto Rico relief right. efforts oh, that, yeah. that like, Donating goods, physical stuff, creates logistical issues that right. the people that need the aid may not be able to handle. Yeah, and so money, so money is can be used money, to deploy yeah. usually these places. The uh, most effective yeah. thing. Um, yeah, so it's uh, it's it's hugely devastating. And then these are these are neighborhoods. You know, like it's it's fucking also. Yeah, I'm, I'm, it's it's one of the things that tears me like in half about this whole area to begin with. Um, in the best of times so but right now to see it kind of branded as like wine country on fire yeah it's like no like like okay yeah sure also these are like really some of these neighborhoods are very low-income neighborhoods like this is this is not fucking like like the top new johnny winery fucking billionaire losing a fucking bunch of grapes like that that's that's happening also but the stories i see i see circulated a lot are like oh the weed farms are burning up (laughs) that's funny yeah yeah. i've I've seen that exact sentiment from other people who live up there yeah it's it's like yeah having this reduced to some like it's it's like fucking it's it is not super wealthy people like it like the the parts of santa rosa that are going up a lot of the like a lot of those parts are not especially great parts of town like there, there are some some poor areas some some lower income areas in there they're like like people are fucking having all of their shit fucking yeah devastated yeah um so you know like with with that in mind like you know i, I feel currently lucky like you know uh the, the we're in we're in relatively good shape uh the worst it's been for for us uh has been smoke inhalation yeah and uh it's the, it's it's like uh it's like <clears throat> if you were standing over a campfire yeah. that had a fan 
and it was just like blasting it to your face and that's like standing in my house yeah yeah uh you know going outside is like only somewhat worse and somewhat better in some cases where it's like oh at least there's like a little bit of a breeze and it's a little yeah. cooler um so yeah i can't imagine how bad it is being like just a handful of miles away from the actual fire like it's bad enough down here which is like it's, an hour away it, yeah it, it's it's yeah um like like i i don't know about you guys but i th- i feel like i see a little bit of a haze in here like it definitely smells like smoke in here i, right I can't tell anymore because yeah, of yesterday yeah. like my eyes my throat are just fucking destroyed i definitely it, had like five seconds of insane intense panic waking <laughs> up this morning to yeah. the smell of smoke i just Jeez. had like a panic attack and then i just I was like, oh, no, it's fine. It's just all of everything north of me is on fire. My house is not. It's not your house this time. Yeah. Yeah. Um. (sighs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So, I mean, I, I, you know, I, I, there was a part of me that was just like, I should stay home. Yeah. I was going to ask if there's anything you can do being there. But no, like, it's not not like, you know, am I going to hose down my roof? Yeah. You can't can't sandbag the place like it's a flood or something. There's really not a whole lot you can do. So at some point I was like, well, I already packed this bag full of fucking cliff bars and pants. And a sealed copy of a rare video game. So, like, let's fucking... Is it too human? Yeah, it was my sealed copy. I, I do, actually. I did buy a sealed copy of two is that, is that Is that signed copy of Driver 3? Yeah. No, I did left get that, that behind. Oh, no. Yeah. Not uh, that. Yeah. Um, yeah, so... It's fucking bad. Yeah. Uh... Bear with us this week, I guess. Also bad. In, Ford Sim- no, in case it gets <laughs> in case it gets worse, bear with us. Yeah, don't know what uh, other disruptions may present themselves. Yeah, my uh, this yeah. week we are we are not going to stay in the house tonight. Really, um, mostly just. Let me tell you something. The BGs are a group that I have enjoyed for some time. This year, they put out a soulful album, and from it, a great song called Nights on Broadway. Would you welcome now, to the Midnight Special, the fabulous Bee Gees.
Final time, this is MD, another garbage cast. Here, the golf course, trail, with the three-door microphone, with this week's topic, cherished possessions. Sit. Drop it. No. Sit. Stay. Who get it? These 3D microphones are extremely temperamental. I've tried to record this numerous times. And this app, like the, head, the headphones work, the app not so much. It resulted in just losing whole chunks of recordings or just recordings altogether. Because you're using the iPhone, if you get a text, it stops recording. Uh, 
you put it to sleep, it stops recording. And then, as a result, everything you do stops recording. But that being said, let's persevere. Let's keep pushing on with this topic. Cherish possessions. Now, the reason why I came up with this topic I've been thinking a lot about global warming, the natural disasters that have been happening in Texas and California, all the wildfires, people having to condense their lives almost on a moment's notice. I also thought about the fact that you can really tell person by their things what they value most so that being said hence cherish possessions because this podcast explores similarities I have with the co-host up in the spring, Tennessee despite being from completely different walks of life We somehow managed to share similar experiences. So, we've done a lot of topics since January. We've talked about a lot of things, video games, musical tastes, jobs, cars, cameras, as a result, we've covered like a lot of things. We haven't really talked about the things that matter most to us. So with that, I hope to illuminate this topic. I don't know what I'm going to put in terms of music or if I'm going to put other parts of the podcast that I got this inspiration from. It's kind of too long. I try not to put long snippets of podcasts. It's different from a YouTube MP3 or something. It's, I feel like it's plagiarizing. Anyways, things. Cherished possessions. don't think I have that many cherished possessions anymore. If I had to immediately condense my life out of some sort of natural disaster or if I became a beatnik and I just started traveling or if I became a homeless drifter I think wouldn't really want or need most things that I have. I have a lot of junk. I mean, I have obviously the dogs and numerous Amazon purchases. Things 
in general. But I could take them or leave them. I don't necessarily. Did I say all those things I could take? Them? No, I mean, most of the things that I own are just things that they're not necessary. They're not important. Except for the things that are the subject of this podcast. My cherished possessions. My bag. Now you ask, why? The bag's so goddamn important. It's not my, just any bag. It's my bag. It's everything I carry around with me on a daily basis. Camera, the headphones, H5, battery, tripod, idea book to organize conversation topics, things that I kept and I've explained to you in the mail episode, my talismans of creativity, Lenses for the camera, obviously. Rechargeable batteries. Battery chargers. Everything I could possibly want or need to make things, to be creative, to put up podcasts, to express myself. I think those would be the things that I would want if I had to, again, just disappear or just move unburden myself of things join a weird cult whatever the scenario may be I had to condense my life in some sort of weird other earthly spirit or compulsion or some sort of other comic book-esque like scenario, I think that that would be the thing the one thing I'd actually have to have, and it actually has quite a bit of things within it everything else could be replaced I think those things I'd struggle to replace, or I don't think I would be able to actually replace Oh man, did I just turn it off? Did it, didn't I? Nope, still going. (sighs) I have to stop doing that, putting it to sleep. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. I, I don't know. I think sometimes the app crashes. Sometimes it goes into 2D. Which, I guess... You can't really tell the difference between two and three, but I want it. It's capable of doing it, I want it. I think it adds some stereo depth. I 
have to listen to it with really good headphones. Where were we? Apart from that, only real memento or keepsake that I would need from my life that I'd miss if I it was gone or again when I move is our girlfriend made custom Lego pieces of us. One for me, one for her. I have long hair. I I have a messenger bag. It has the name of I'm done with this podcast printed on it. It's completely custom. They're really cool. They're I don't know how much they must have cost a fortune, but she somehow made it. I I went through a Lego phase where I started speculating and hoarding on very Star Wars Lego pieces or sets, sorry. But then they keep reprinting them, so there's no value to them. It's just ridiculous. I was on Bricklinks. I had a real problem. Let's leave it at that. But these are the coolest things that I've ever gotten, ever. In my entire life. The amount of thought, time, analyzing of me. I've given gifts for the holidays. I should note that it is Diwali. Uh, so, it's the beginning of that season. Um, of the holidays. I've given a lot of gifts. I've received a lot of gifts. I'm terrible at gift giving. As I've mentioned in mail. I hope. I don't know. I don't know which recording made it to the actual final product. But this is the greatest gift I've ever actually got in terms of thoughtfulness. Because it's just so neat. Um, so I would want that. What else? I'm thinking like it has to be like less than five things. Right now, I guess it would be like the SNES Classic. Because I never had an SNES. So we discussed in video games. I had a really atrocious Nintendo game collection. Really bad. So, between that and the cost, I skipped SNES. And that seems to be the formative Nintendo system. The one that everyone looks to and says. Remember, I remember renting one. I remember renting one from Jumbo Video, I think. Putting down money and using an ID to actually rent uh, Super Nintendo and Street Fighter. I remember playing Street Fighter, but other than that, I never owned one. I had a 64, I had a GameCube. But no, not that, not a Virtual Boy, obviously. 
didn't own a super scope. I had a weird headset IR thing that you said fire and it activated the gun. It was very top gear. Because it looked like a plane headset. But no, no power scope or super scope. So that would be one of those things that I think about when formative years in the 90s. I'm born in the 80s. That would be the thing that I'd want. But it's not worth anything now. Right? Turns out there's way more copies of them than the NES Classic. Another reason why this podcast has been late. I've been fiddling around with trying to get one. And while supplies limited, they're not wildly price gouging like the NES. So I don't think it's really worth. I have a silver collection. I guess we'd keep that. That would be something cool, necessary. You could sell it or something. I have to find it first for all that's worth. I mean, like the hats, the, the clothes, the everything else. Not really necessary. They don't say much about me except for my style, my personal taste. So, between the bag and the Lego, I think that summarizes me. Maybe the hat. First hat of mine. We discussed in the hats episode. That represents a time and place. That's sentimental to me. I got that one in Vancouver, I guess. We could grab that, but if it was some sort of fire-like scenario, I don't think you would know. You'd have the ability of time. Or... So I guess it depends on the variable or scenario. But I think that's it. I think that's cherished possessions. I don't have that many. Tilly has her ball and toy stick. Other than that, she has none. You don't play with toys, really. I can't even think of anything else I would want. Sixteen minutes, I hope I discuss this topic to its logical conclusion. I've already taken some photos and lights. It's getting dark. I think I'm going to just wrap this up. There's been MD with cherished possessions. I don't know if I'm going to put this in front after. Another clip is in the can. Here I come. Here I come.
Greetings, MMD. This is Jason coming to you with another Garbage Cast Conversation and yet another topic that you suggested, which has led me to the home office slash master bedroom, which is where I work. The home office is in the corner of the master bedroom. And maybe maybe next year, maybe in 2018, you'll come down here. Every year I have a podcasting visitor here that gets to see the home office and see the excitement of armpit. Maybe I should take pictures. Maybe I should post pictures. I don't know. Nobody wants to see this. But if you did see this, you would see some of my cherished possessions. That is the topic that is the topic that you came up with, cherished possessions. Now, it's a tough one for me because I am not really big on possessions. I, I, I am... I have been in the past, but not for the right reasons. I've talked about that before. I, I would buy things to make up for things missing in my life, like emotional things, or to mask unhappiness or sadness. I would just buy things, and uh, I would collect things, like radios, and then I would get it, and there would be this brief moment of uh, energy and excitement as I opened the thing and played with it a little bit, and then it would start collecting dust, and I would be on to the next eBay search. And it was like this eating your feelings Buying your feelings. <laughs> Eating your feelings? I've done that too. Okay, that's why I'm so confused. But buying your feelings. So once I really decided this year to attack that, and that was another, and I, I said in a different segment that I don't know that will become before or after this, to my New Year's resolutions. I've never really been one for New Year's resolutions, but one of the ones I had this year, one of the ones was to read more, and I've been doing that, and I've, I will discuss that in a separate Garbage Cast conversation. You may or may not have already heard the other one was to get control of these possessions and to reorganize, and I did that. I pulled myself out of the mire. I canceled Amazon Prime. I stopped buying stuff on eBay all the time. I did a huge clean-out, read the, read the Marie Kondo books. That was the real catalyst. Uh, the first part of it was watching the minimalism document, documentary on Netflix. That got me going. And then, uh, you know, the Marie Kondo stuff really kicked it in gear for me. So, I, I, you know, I really have eliminated a ton of possessions. I had a huge eBay sell-off in the spring, and uh, I have managed to keep things to a minimum. I've had a few little purchases here and there where I've been like, ah, oh, buyer's remorse, why, why did I do that? I already had a better solution but for the most part, I would say I'm 95% better than I ever have been about possessions. So I'm very mindful of possessions, and especially since I had to clean out all my mother's stuff. I still have two-thirds of an attic left to clean out because she was she had a little bit of pacratitis. <laughs> pac, pac, yeah, I guess pacratitis would be good, pacratitis. Um, so I've really learned some lessons about possessions. Uh, but I've also learned that there are certain possessions that do have value. And Marie Kondo, in her book, she talks about like the Hall of Fame objects, things that you keep that bring you joy but don't necessarily have a use. They're just there because they bring you joy, and you need to have those things. You need to cherish those things. So I'm just going to give you a few of the items, that, especially some of these are things I found when cleaning out the attic and when cleaning out uh, my mother's things. There were things from my childhood that I found. One of them is a gigantic Garfield keychain. It is hanging on my bulletin board in my home office. It is, it's huge. I, I, I don't know how, let me look here. Do I have a ruler? I don't have a ruler handy. Or I would tell you how large this uh, keychain is. It's probably a good three or four inches across and three or four inches high. It's a Garfield smiling head. 
Okay, this was hanging in the closet in the den of my parents' house. I don't know why it was there, but my mother did have an affinity for Garfield uh, when I was a kid. There was a lot of Garfield things in my house. So looking at Garfield's smiling face every day brings me joy. Uh, it's hard to sit here and be mad about work or anything else when I look up and I see Garfield with this gigantic grin looking at me. Uh, above that, on a, uh, another uh, thumbtack, is my Corner Gas keychain that I bought from Corner Gas when it was on the air. Uh, you know, before they went off the air, I bought it from the Corner Gas United States store. Now, I bought some other little odds and ends, too, that I've since gotten rid of, but I kept my Corner Gas keychain. It brings me joy. Uh, beside that, on the wall, I found this going through stuff at my parents' house. In fact, it was in the attic. I don't, I'm, I'm dumbfounded that it survived. It was in a box in the attic. Luckily, it didn't explode. It is a thermometer that hung in my bedroom uh, from before I was in elementary school, probably until I was in fifth or sixth grade before it came down and got put with a box of stuff. Yeah, it, was, it was 1982. It was in a box of stuff from 1982. So whatever grade I was in in 1982 is when it must have come down when the room was repainted or something. And it is a Snoopy thermometer that goes on your wall. Um, and Snoopy is painting a picture at the top. There's Woodstock at the bottom. He's, Woodstock's holding a paintbrush, and then there's an empty canvas. And I just always liked it. I would assume it came from the Hallmark store. The date on it says 1965, but I know that this was bought in the 70s at some point, probably 77, 78 somewhere in there, and it still works perfectly. Luckily, the mercury hadn't exploded out of the top of it, as <laughs> so I'm sure it was over 130 degrees in the attic at times, because that is the max temperature. Uh, so I came back down here, and I tacked it to my wall uh, right above the home office, because it was always in my room when I was a kid, and it brings me joy. Um, and that's another Marie Kondo thing. Let's give her credit here. That's one of her things. If you're going to keep something, it needs to bring you joy, it needs to, or it needs to have a valid use. But don't like don't wear clothes that don't bring you joy. Don't you know? Don't wear clothes. Don't buy clothes that you think maybe I'll wear this one day. Don't save stuff that maybe I'll fit into this again one day. You need to make smart decisions, and not have, not be overwhelmed with stuff. So another item I found when I was cleaning things out, and this was out of my own stuff. Uh, I cleaned out all my stuff in the attic. I got rid of totes full of stuff from high school and college. I just got rid of everything because I have those memories. I don't want my kids to have to go through it when, when I'm gone, like I've had to go through my parents' stuff. That's been my big lesson, not leaving a bunch of stuff behind with no explanation that I never even look at. And a lot of the reason we keep things is guilt. I, I, I feel guilty. I don't want to give up the, those possessions that remind me of something, but then I never look at those possessions. They stay in a box. This box followed me around from place to place. For years, and I never did anything with anything in it, so I got rid of almost everything in the box except for my Canada flag that I bought at Epcot Center in 1984, okay? That tells you that there's been some obsession, some weird obsession with Canada. I would listen to Radio Canada International on shortwave almost every night. I, I don't understand what my connection with Canada has always been, but there's always been this fascination since I was a little kid with all things Canada. And every time we would go to Epcot Center, I would always go to Canada first. <laughs> And I bought this flag there in 1984, and it has its own little stand, and it sits on my desk. And it did when I was a kid. It sat there forever. And I believe there's even a picture of it in my dorm room in college, sitting on my dorm room desk. And uh, I, it was packed away for a long time, and now it sits with a place of honor on my desk, right next to my podcasting bell. There you go. Okay, more possessions that are cherished 
my Pac-Man. My Pac-Man, it's a wind-up Pac-Man. I got it probably in 1980 or 1981. Uh, for years, it was just in a box, uh, but I always saved it as a keepsake, and now it has a place of honor on my desk, my work desk. It's one of the few tchotchke items, and I've seen people who have tons of, like, figurines, and, uh, well, Jason with an E has all of this stuff behind his desk, all these little characters and stuff. I can't remember what, oh, they're pop something, pop figures, I don't know. I don't have any of those, but I have one little item, and it is my Pac-Man. So it makes me very happy. Uh, here's another item. I found, going through my mother's things, I found a far side cup, which is the far side cup of the dog. He is hiding behind the, uh, looks like the washing machine. He has put, he's written the words cat fud all over the floor and the dryer and the door, and the cat is about to go into the dryer because it says cat fud. So he's trying to trick the cat to jump in the dryer, and he's in the corner going, oh please, oh please. I had to save that cup. Good memories of the far side growing up. Um, and I probably ruined the cup because I have a bunch of pins and stuff in it now. I keep it right beside the desk, so it'll probably never be any good for coffee anymore. But I wouldn't want to dishwash it anyway at this point. And there's a lot of people probably saying, you could sell that on eBay for $5 million. I did look up some of my mother's things on eBay. Uh, some of the cups and some of the different glasses and stuff that she saved, like... Stuff from fast food restaurants. It was all kinds of little eighty stuff, and none of it was worth the trouble of fooling with. It was none of it had any value. And you know, if you're thinking, well, you but you could have made two or three hundred dollars. Yeah, and I could have spent hours, hours selling that stuff and screwing with people who might not have liked what they bought. And to me, it just wasn't worth it. Uh, the value sometimes of possessions is they've they've done their value to you, and it's time to let them go to someone else. And I ended up donating. A lot of stuff to my old high school band. They had a big goodwill thing, and I donated almost everything in the china cabinet, all kinds of furniture, all of her records that I didn't want to keep. I could have sold them. I wouldn't have gotten a whole lot of money. I could have sold almost all that stuff, had a big yard sale, but the band benefited off of it, and it it just, I had held on to it for a long time, not knowing what to do with it all. And finally, I had to let go of it. And it was like this huge weight off of me. So there you go. Uh, let me look around here and see if there's anything else. Now, let me, let me tell you, there's very few things I would consider a cherished possession. Uh, I, do, I do have my records, my albums, a lot of them that I bought when I was little. I have my original Off the Wall that I bought, Michael Jackson, when it came out. So I still have that. And that was 19... Was that 79 or 80, I guess? I'm not, I'm not sure. So, you know, I've saved music. Music is a cherished possession. All my 45s that I bought when I was a kid or that I got as gifts, I saved all of them. Uh, but, you know, at the end of the day, if my kids want to give that stuff away, it has no value to them, that's fine. It will be passed on to somebody else. They're not the end-all, be-all. Um, you know, the things I really like and enjoy are probably little knickknacks that other people wouldn't care about. Um... So, I don't know. Uh, books, I got rid of a ton of books in the past few months. Uh, some of them were signed by different authors and stuff, but I had no use for them. I had read them. Uh, I kept my Garrison Keillor book that's signed by Garrison Keillor. I kept my Artist Way books. Um, I'm looking at the bookshelf right now. I, I kept my In Search of J.D. Salinger book. But I got rid of a lot and a lot and a lot of books that just... 
you know, I've read them, and they're just not key possessions. And one thing I have been getting back into lately is buying CDs. I don't know why. I think it's just because they're so cheap. At Goodwill, they're like 80 cents. And I've been filling in my jazz collection because I like to go to the car. And I don't know if I've talked about this before, but the Buick has a very good sound system in it with an amp and everything. It sounds really good in there. And uh, I like today, I got my Harry Connick Jr. Blue Light Red Light album in the mail. I've always had it on cassette. I've never had it on CD. And I could not find it. I've been looking in thrift stores and stuff for like six months for it. And, you know, just in the back of my mind. Every time I'd go in somewhere, I'd look. Do they have this? I found almost every other Harry Connick Jr. album. I've never found this one. So I finally bought it for myself. And when I go to the car, instead of packing the iPod and listening to podcasts, now I, I bring a stack of CDs. And I just enjoy reconnecting with music I either had in the past on cassette or like new stuff that I never had, new to me stuff. Like some, I've been buying some Dave Brubeck albums and some Vince Guaraldi and just different, just different jazz and some of the different... I don't know. I, you know, I'll go into Goodwill and I'll find different little albums that I never had. I just bought R.E.M.'s uh, Green album, which I had on cassette uh, f a long time ago. And uh, I never had it on CD. Here it is right here. And I was like, oh, and I got in the car and listened to it again. It's like, oh, those great memories. When was that out? 1987 or 88? Uh, I mean, it's just it's just cool to have these again. But would I call them cherished possessions? I don't know, my copy of the When Harry Met Sally soundtrack that I bought in 1989 when it was brand new, I would consider that a cherished possession. Yes, I've saved that for a reason. It's meaningful. I still enjoy it. My my double CD set of the American Graffiti soundtrack, my Simon and Garfunkel CDs, yeah, I would say those are cherished possessions, okay? Uh, my mother's copy of Brian Adams' Greatest Hits, mm, I've saved it because it was hers, but, and she really loved Brian Adams, but I could probably let go of that. <laughs> so, uh, my Corner Gas DVD box set, the full tank, yes, cherished possession, okay? My Square Pegs complete series, yeah, I, I really enjoy it, okay? Uh, some other CDs I have, like Funny Farm with Chevy Chase and other different movies, I, I could let those go. Uh, you know, did I say CDs? They're DVDs. So, there's a very thin line of... If, if I had to get rid of things, I could go through here and probably get rid of another 75% of stuff. If I was just saying, okay, I'm going to keep what really is cherished, I could really clean out. And there would be very little left because I'm more about memories. I'm, you know, there are little objects. Mostly it's music that really brings back memories for me that I wouldn't want to let go of. I even had somebody the other day, I'm part of a Marie Kondo discussion group in the app, and they were talking about getting rid of their yearbooks. And I was like, oh my goodness, I wouldn't get rid of my yearbooks because one day you might want those. They're one of a kind. Cherished possession. I mean, it's tough. To, it's tough to say a yearbook brings me joy or sparks joy, but sometimes you do want to look back. And if you've cut yourself off completely from that, I think that would be regret. So... I definitely would never let go of my yearbooks. One day my kids will burn them or whatever, but uh, you know they won't have it won't have the same meaning to them. But um, you know, hey, there's little things I think that are pieces of ourselves that we don't want to let go of. I'm, I'm opening just drawers and stuff, looking around, and there's it's amazing to me how much stuff I have that I would not call a cherished possession. It's usable. It's nice to have. My iPad's fantastic. I use it every day. I love it. Cherished possession? I I don't know. 
<laughs> I don't know. You know, uh, it's it's a thin line for me. Like I said, I'm I'm looking around and I I can see stuff everywhere that if I if I had to make that decision, if I was going to say cherished possession, there's a lot of stuff that would hit the road that has made it through all of these paring downs. So, you know, I've gotten rid of so much stuff and I've kept the stuff that I had a use for or that did have some sentimental value. Everything else has hit the road, bags and boxes. I mean, just tons of stuff gone. And it would be easy to eliminate even more if I was really down to it. And who knows? You know, every once in a while I get rid of something. Every once in a while I see something and I go, gosh, I haven't used that in a while. And it hits the road. And it's a good feeling because you know somebody else might get some use out of it. And I no longer have that weight on me. Okay, did I ramble long enough? I can tell you one thing. This recording probably will not be a cherished possession of yours. <laughs> but I look forward to hearing your cherished possession comments, your thoughts. I hope all is well. As always, I never know how to end these things, so I will say adios until later. Talk to you again soon. Mayor hides the crime rates, Councilwoman hesitates, public gets irate, but forgets the vote dates, weatherman complaining, predicted sun it's raining, everyone's protesting, boyfriend keeps suggesting, you're not like all of the rest, garbage ain't collected, women ain't protected, politicians using People they're abusing, the mafia's getting bigger, like pollution in the river. And you tell me that this is where it's at. Woke out this morning with a ache in my head. I splashed on my clothes as I spilled out of bed. I opened the window to listen to the news. But all I heard was the establishment's blues. Gun sales are soaring. Housewives find life boring Divorce the only answer Smoking causes cancer The system's gonna fall soon To an angry young tune And that's a concrete co-fact The Pope digs population Freedom from taxation Teeny bops are uptight Drinking at a stoplight Mini skirt is flirting I can't stop so I'm hurting Spencer sells her hopeless chest Adultery plays the kitchen, bigot cops than fiction, the little man gets shafted, sons and money's drafted, living by a timepiece, new or in the far east, can you pass a Rorschach test? It's a hassle, it's an educated guess, well frankly I couldn't care 